Welcome to the Daniel Artest Podcast. And today we actually have a bonus episode. I was recently on the Tommy McDougal podcast and it was a fun podcast. We talked about everything from sports to the coronavirus and social media as well. You know, Tommy McDougal, he's like the East Coast Joe Rogan and a little bit of Howard Stern, you know, all mixed into one. Amazing podcast, dope content. And salute to you, Tommy, for having me on the show. I'm really excited to share this podcast with my people. And they're going to come out, you know, appreciating what we combine to do today. So with that being said, let's get into this podcast. This is a bonus episode. You're listening to the Daniel Artest Podcast. What's up, everybody? Happy Monday night in podcast land and around the world. I am joined by a very special guest tonight, a fellow New Yorker who now lives in South Carolina. But um, you, I know him from Facebook. You guys may know him from his podcast. I'd like to bring in Daniel Artest. Daniel, what's up, man? How are you? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for coming on because um, we connected through Facebook and I, I could tell that me and you were kind of doing the same thing where we're trying to get our, our, our feet off the ground with this podcast. Is, do, do I have that correct? Yes, you do. You have it very correct. Uh, I'm new to the podcast. Um, I have a podcast called the Daniel Artest Podcast and, you know, just trying something different, just trying, you know, living out my second childhood, I, I call it. Yeah, it's pretty much what I'm doing as well. I uh, I've always had a passion for sports radio and journalism and talk radio so i'm doing the same thing i'm kind of living out my dream here and i'm, I'm kind of taking the whole year of 2020 to see what it where, where this whole thing takes me and so far i'm having a lot of fun with it i've, I've talked to a lot of really cool people so far and uh and you're going to be another one so that's really that's really good uh, i'll get right into it then um so just all right so we're going to go over your bio for a little bit first here so you went to LaSalle high school is that correct yes i went to LaSalle academy Okay, and then you, and then you went to St. John's University. No, I didn't go to St. John's University. I wanted to go to St. John's University, but I didn't qualify, so I ended up going the junior college route in uh, College of Southern Nevada in Las Vegas, and then as well as Westchester Community College. All right, and then after Westchester Community College, what did you? What? How did you end up in South Carolina? Like, what? What have you been doing since Westchester and now? All right, so from Westchester, I went to go play basketball in Germany. Greece and in China, and then um, I lived in Indianapolis. And during those times, I moved to Indianapolis. I was in Indianapolis for 13 years, and then I moved back to New York in 2014. And from 2014 to 2020, I mean 2019, I was in um, back in New York City. Then July 1st of 2019, I moved down to South Carolina. Nice. So you've been pretty much around the world almost in the last, like, say, 15 years. Then I guess right, you've been all over the place. 
Yeah, pretty much just, uh, you know, playing basketball, doing what I love. And uh, it was fun, you know, just seeing the world, seeing different countries, different cultures, and, and different experiences that, you know, um, I didn't have uh, growing up. Yeah, and it's pretty cool that, that basketball has become a global game that can be played in Germany and, and all over the place like that. Whereas, like, I never knew that that basketball was that global of a level. But you, I, you, you would know more than me being someone that's been – I've never been to Europe or anything like that. So I've been to Mexico, but that's about it as far as, like, I've been to, like, Puerto Rico, a couple of islands, Dominican Republic. But I've never been to Europe or Asia or anything like that. So – are you telling me that, like, in those other countries, basketball is as popular as the United States, or how does it how does it work overseas? Well, a hundred million people play basketball in the entire world. You know, um, I think. Well, actually, I'm sorry. I think it's like close to a billion people that plays basketball all over the world. Because I know in China alone, there's 300 million people in China that plays basketball just by by itself. You know, basketball has grown to be an amazing global sport and the fans over there take more of a liking to it like soccer. So it's actually, I think the fan support gets more, more rowdy out there than in America, America, we, we get crazy, but we're more laid back. But when you go travel the world, you play basketball and other parts of the country, you get that soccer type atmosphere. And um, it is, it's hopefully coming to the United States one day. Cause it's actually really fun. Yeah, it's crazy. What, what What's your take on the whole, speaking of overseas and basketball, what's your take on that story that broke a couple months ago with uh, China and LeBron and that was that one comment made about, the, you know, like people going to see basketball there because of the way their political stuff was, like what's your take on that? Uh, my take on it is that if it's a human resource situation. So if there's a human resource situation where, you know, people are getting, you know, hurt, possibly worse for just having an opinion i think that it's okay for somebody to step in and say something and uh and you know china is known to be a communist country so they you know they basically affected the nba's bottom line by canceling you know the um, television televised games and everything and um, i just think that it was just a whole um unfortunate situation as, as far as what china was doing because you know people are getting hurt People and um, you know Chinese people, they want freedom and they're they're starting to protest, but they're getting hurt, getting killed, and I, I kind of think it's unfair for you know um, the NBA to get penalized or you know somebody else gets penalized for for voicing their um, their opinion about it. And um, China's basically you know used their leverage as being like the biggest um, ally to the NBA as far as the money to um, you know quiet you know um, said person. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And it's like, <clears throat> you talk about how, like, affecting the NBA's bottom line and, like, the money and stuff like that. But you brought up a great point about how, like, a billion people play basketball across the whole world or something like that or whatever the number is. And, like, I have four kids I, and uh, three three sons that I one of my sons now is uh, seven, going to be eight, and the other one is going to be two, and another one's going to be one. So the two and the one-year-old don't play basketball yet. But my seven-year-old plays basketball for two leagues and he, he loves the sport already. He loves the sport of basketball. So I, I love that. Like that there's this like kind of a social media awareness out there of like how good the game of basketball can be to a community. And you've seen that firsthand, right? Yes. Basketball, you know, it changed my life. It changed my family's life. You know, just having a brother play in the NBA for you know, 18 years and he gets to see the world and he's able to create generational wealth just from a basketball, which is actually pretty crazy. I look at a basketball and be like, that little basketball can really just, you know, have you dreaming 
you know, and actually can, if you do it the right way, can have you living the dream, your wildest dreams ever. So yeah, basketball is, is, is definitely amazing. Um, I, I love how it, I love how it transforms people's lives and I love how it brings communities together. And I love how, you know, it, it, like think about it, it brought us together. You know what I mean? Me having a basketball podcast and sharing my experiences with basketball, talking about the NBA and I'm able to create a platform to, to meet you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I, it's great. And speaking of your brother, <clears throat> last I heard, he was coaching. Is he still coaching for the NBA? Or no, he um he was he was off and on with the with the um, South Bay Lakers of the NBA G League, and um now he's just really focused on his um tech life. You know, he has an app coming out soon, X X Sports, and that's basically like the Airbnb of of basketball. So it's like an app where if you know you're in New York. And you try to look for the best basketball game. You just go on the app, and you know you just pick whatever court that's happening where the games are happening on, and then you reserve your spot, and then you can go to that court and you, um, you know, you play your game. Well, that's that's pretty cool because I I remember growing up in Queens, and on a Saturday afternoon we'd have to we'd have like fifty people balling, and it would be like like half court games, but you'd have to call next after next after next, and you might have to wait two hours to play a game. And I actually still see that today in uh, in Long Island out here, where there's like on a Saturday or Sunday, if there's a court that there's just so many people, as you said, there's so many people balling now that that that's a great idea of of like having an app where you could reserve next or something like that. Now the only question I would have about that app is like if you have a bunch of guys playing basketball. Like then it's gonna is it? Do you think it would get confusing where like they say, well, I called next on the app, not not in the real, like, but then the person could be like, well, no, I'm, is that the is that the concept or am I getting that wrong? No, no, you you have it right. Um, you got to reserve a spot. So like say if say if you know you want to play five on five, right, and you're looking for a five on five game, so you can just go onto the app and hit the search, hit your preferences or what you like. You're looking for a five on five game, then it's a, a list of a bunch of five-on-five games that's sponsored by X versus X around the city or in the region, and you can pick whatever slot you want to reserve. So if, you want, if you're a morning person, you want to play in the morning, you can reserve that spot. And uh, once you reserve that spot, that spot is locked in. So it's always through the app, and then um, once the spot is locked in, it locks everybody else, everybody else out until, you know, that game is over. That's cool. I like I like that. I like that idea a lot. I mean, that's so, the so, that's one of the, social media has got a lot of positive and negatives, but all these different like apps, like you mentioned, Airbnb and like Uber and Uber Eats, and like I actually just used uh, DoorDash today, which I've never used before. Which is like I couldn't get out of the house because my kids were sick, but I had to eat lunch, so I I called the diner, the local diner, and they were like, "We don't deliver, but we go through DoorDash." And DoorDash basically, I I just ordered my food off of DoorDash. They they charge you like, I don't know, like $2 service charge. And then you tip the guy, like you would tip a regular delivery driver and then the food comes to you. So it's like, and that's just an app on my phone that I got. So it was like, so cool. Like there's different, like, I love how your brother's doing an app like that because you never know what the next app could be. There could be, there's still, I still think there's a lot of untapped apps out there that are, that could be the next big thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, there's, you know, there's um, pretty much an app for everything and there's a, a need for everything. Now, now you can just buy it. You can go grocery shopping and buy all your groceries and, and on a phone. And it's crazy how the world has changed in the last 10 years. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's just amazing how, you know, these apps and tech world, everything is just really, you know, coming together. 
I know, bro. You know, you want to talk about change? I don't know if you know, but or if it's down there in South Carolina, but up here in New York City, we they on March first they took away all our plastic bags at the supermarket. Yeah, they did that down here. They did that down here in South Carolina, and um, but I I never really used plastic bags or paper. I always just had my own bag, so it was a seamless transition for me. I think you know to have to make your carbon footprint on the world, we need to have more more things like that. Like I use compostable straws and stuff. I don't use plastic straws. I try to keep, you know, my high carbon footprint as low as possible and try to make the world a better place. I do too, but the, the straws, I, I, I can't do the straws yet because I, I like the concept of like that, of, of, of the straws, but I, the paper straws to me, like if you put your drink in there, like you don't find that it like dissolves while you're drinking it. No, no, no. They have, they have like, um, harder, harder materials type straws now. Like, you can, it's just it'll feel plastic, but it's not plastic, so it's recyclable. Yeah, I, no, I, I think that they're definitely going to improve on that because some of the ones I was drinking were were like dissolving in the, in the drink while I'm drinking it. But it, but as you said, like it's it's in its infancy that stuff. So I'm sure they'll they'll improve on that to make the world a better place. I'm sure. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. I I um. I've got another basketball related question for you and, and I'm sure I'm sure along your lifetime people have asked you this LeBron versus Jordan. I, we're both the same age. I was born in 82. So you you were born in what 83 or 80? No, I'm born 82 November 13th 82. Okay, I, I was September 30th 82. So we we were okay. we were born like a month apart just about. And um So basically you've you've watched the NBA as long as I've watched the NBA. And you've seen as much as I've seen if you're my age. So where do you land on LeBron versus Jordan on who's the GOAT? Um, <laughs> That's a good question. So as far as the GOAT, I think that we should just have GOAT um, conversation for, for all the errors. I think the Jordan, the Jordan era, of course, he was the GOAT in his era. And LeBron James is the GOAT in this current era. You know what I'm saying? He um, But if you want to say who's the better player, I would say Jordan is a better player than LeBron because, you know, Jordan had a lot of skills. You know, he can pretty much, you know, he had no offensive weakness, probably except for three-point shooting. That was probably his only weakness. But Jordan, he can score at a high level. Like, you know, he could average, you know, 30 points and shoot 20 shots and shoot 50% for his career. You know, he has, like, the um, will to win is more more stronger than LeBron's will to win pretty much. Um Jordan's just, you know, he's just a, a, a complete player, you know. But having said that, LeBron is close. You know, LeBron, you know, he really has improved his game over the years since he came into the NBA. He has improved jump shot. He can pretty much affect the game in any capacity. And you give him less, and he will bring your team up. Now, could Jordan do that? Like, if Jordan had a, a roster like what LeBron had over his career, I don't think that Jordan could, you know, Will his team to the championship with a lesser roster like LeBron has already? These um past previous um eight NBA Finals LeBron stayed in. He was never the favorite to win, except for when he was in Miami. Yeah, but the, I mean, but but him going to Miami, he was the favorite to win pretty much every year he was there. And he and and yeah. like, like again, like that year he lost to the Mavericks in 2011, they they were the favorite and lost. So when LeBron had Bosh and Wade. That to me was a better roster than Jordan ever had with the Bulls because I mean he had Pippen and then he had a good supporting cast like Steve Kerr and Paxton and guys like that and Bill Cartwright but like and Dennis Rodman but they the, the Jordan teams were never as good as as the as the Miami Heat prime teams of 
of LeBron, Bosch, and Wade. Those those teams were were like that was when Wade, LeBron, and Bosch were all pretty much in their primes. So I, I feel like yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm talking about. I'm to, I was talking about when LeBron was on Cleveland. You know, um, like LeBron roster that he had when he was on Cleveland really wasn't up to par like that. LeBron really had to you know overextend himself to really lead you know those Cavaliers to to great heights. Yeah, I think that um, you hit the nail on the head. I think LeBron's biggest asset to me is that he never, never, never in NBA history has there been a player that makes the other players around him better. But LeBron James is the best at that. He he's the goat in that regard. If you want to talk about that one specific thing, as like if me and you were playing with LeBron, he would make us better basketball players. There's no doubt about it. There's no like he he would do that better than Jordan. But overall, I agree. I, I agree with what you were. Your original answer was that you think Jordan's overall, overall better, and I agree too. I just think I like to call it the eyeball test, and I've watched millions of NBA basketball games, and I, I just think that Michael Jordan was a killer on the court as far as like the ability to go for the other team's jugular, to hit that game-winning shot, or just hit a shot that he had to hit. Series after series after series, you know, the 6-0 and in the champ, like basically the, the three-peat took two years off and then another three-peat. He, he never looked like, think about all those years from like, let's say 93, 94, 95, and then 97, 98, 99, or whatever it was. Like I, I'm off by like a year, but like those six years where he dominated the NBA, you got to look at this. He never lost a series in the playoffs, in the conference finals, in the championship. Like he took, like that, no one's ever dominated the sport like that. Even LeBron, with with the with the rings he's had, he's also had years where he's lost. And it's in, in, in oh, the yeah. so it's like no one's ever dominated the sport the way Jordan dominated the sport for like that whole decade of like let's say the, let's just call it the 1990s. Because like when when Jordan won the six championships in the middle of the 1990s, we'll we'll never ever ever see that again. We'll never see that again in our in our lifetimes. We'll never see that. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely, we'll definitely, we'll probably never. I, I mean, yeah, you might be, might be right. You might, you might be right. It could have happened if, um, if the Clippers didn't get Paul George, Kawhi was going to sign with the Lakers, and all of that would have been crazy. So, you know, it, it, well, that probably would have happened then if um Kawhi would have signed with the Lakers. Yeah, but yeah, was- I, don't, I don't think, I don't think that we'll see. A, a dominant stretch like Jordan again. Yeah, you're right. You're right about the Kawhi thing. And speaking of Kawhi with the Clippers and the Lakers and who he would have signed with, right now they're the two favorites for the Western Conference and the favorites to win the whole thing. So who do you have in a Lakers Clippers conference finals this year? Who do you who do you got? I got the Lakers. I have the Lakers in six, but if I think that if the Lakers well not the Lakers, because the Lakers would want this. If Anthony Davis plays center, the Lakers are will dominate. Are dominant, you know. Um, you've seen it this past Friday and yesterday how dominant the Lakers was in stretches when they put Anthony Davis at the center position because the the things that he can do and no center can guard him. I think that Anthony Davis really needs to want to play the center position. It's, they will make his road to the championship a lot easier because they won't have nobody to to um really you know contain him. And then you know you move LeBron to a power forward position. It'll be a wrap for the entire NBA. I, I agree. I agree. And you know what's what sucks is that like we're like we're both like New Yorkers at heart, and like 
Like we're talking. I'm about, not a Knicks fan. I'm not a Knicks fan either. I'm not. I'm okay, not. Okay. I'm okay. Not, I'm, not, I'm not a Knicks fan either. But like, but I am a New Yorker, true and true. And like, yeah. like I just feel bad because I have a lot of friends that are Knicks fans. And like, like what? What do you? If you if you're a, the general manager of the Knicks, or I I can't even say general manager because it's I feel like it's the owner's fault more. But like, how do you if how do you how do you Daniel Artest fix the Knicks? How do you do that? Um, well, you will hopefully see if the owner will let you get, um, you know, full ownership of the team. You know what I'm saying? The owner, he needs to really just step back and let the president and the GM that he, that's qualified to do this job do this job, you know? Um, players want to come and play for New York, but players just don't want to play with the owner because how they, they be meddling a lot, you know, in team affairs. You know, they have the public relations people just breathing down your neck when you're doing interviews. This is really a, an uncomfortable situation with the Knicks. You know, uh, how I fix the Knicks, like, it's, it's pretty much easy to fix the Knicks, man. Just come to an agreement with the owner, with ownership, and, you know, tell them just step back a little bit so we can really make this thing work because New York needs a good basketball team. I know you got the Nets. The Nets got, you know, got Kyrie, Kevin Durant, whatever. But the Knicks are New York City's team, you know, and we need them to be good. It'll actually bring up the value of the NBA. Like, you know, viewership, people will view more and stuff, and, you know, and, like, the, the Knicks, they, they just got to, you know, get it together. I, ho- I hope they do because, you know, they're losing their good rookies. They lost Porzingis. You know, they're going to end up losing, you know, R.J. Barrett in a couple of years. And they're not developing Frank Nittakina, you know, correctly. You know, it's, it's just a, um, it's just a, um, um, S.H.I. Hey, listen, you you can curse. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it don't ma- but, but um, no, you know what it is? It's like, I don't know, man, because I think that, like, the way I see it from what I hear is that it doesn't matter who the president is or the general manager because no one wants to play for this guy, Dolan. Like, this guy, Dolan, like, he's still having problems with Charles Oakley and... Like he's just you know like the guy is a dick and I like I like I know you just like didn't curse but I'm gonna curse Dolan's a dick the owner of the Knicks is a dick like people don't like him he's like a very unlikable person he's a very unlikable yeah, person I, yeah you know you you um, see I, every time we talk about the Knicks with my friends I always look at the Knicks as the um the, I look at Joe, Jim Dolan um, or James Dolan as the uh, biggest drug dealer cartel and then when I, I and then when I say my analogy people will agree with me because I always be like this I always say that the Knicks um, Jim Dolan is you know El Chapo and the Knicks are the um, the drugs that has been stretched out to the point where it's worth but you can't even get a high and the Knicks <laughs> fans are and the Knicks fans are the um, the um, <laughs> the drug addict chasing that first high. I remember when the finals, when the Knicks went to the finals in 1989, the Knicks is still trying to chase that. That high is not coming. You know what I'm saying? So basically what I'm saying is that the cartel needs need to um, revamp his business plan and create better products. But having said that, you know, the fans, like I said, the fans are the addicts. They're, the Knicks are making more money while these fans are trying to chase that second high more so than when they were successful. I, I know, man. It's a bad state of affairs. It's a bad state of affairs in New York right now. Oh. And you know you know what's crazy, too, is that, like we were saying about the Nets, the Nets got Kyrie and Durant, and, and I know Durant's not playing, but, like, and neither is Kyrie really, but, like, the Nets ain't even doing that good. The Nets are under 500 this year. They're 28 and 34. So it's like even the, even the Nets aren't doing good. They were doing they did better last year than they did this year, the Nets. Yeah, but, you know, they're still seventh place in the, in the playoff race, so they're still in. You know, as of today, they're still in. 
and um, you know the Knicks, the Nets just fired their coach, and I don't, I don't, I don't understand why they would fire the coach. And the Nets, they they bend to the um, superstars' will um, recently this weekend. You know, um, the Nets, I think they will be fine. This should be a gap year because of Kevin Durant being out. Now that Kyrie only played 20 games this year, this should be more of a developmental year and, you know, get ready for next year. Because they have a lot of, um, they have some good talent. They got Spencer Dinwiddie, they got, you know, Jared Allen, and they got um, Travis LeVert. They got some good some good players to, to build on, you know. All they got to do is, um, you know, hopefully get a, a good draft pick. I think they might actually make a trade, trade one of the young talents to get another star in so they can really make this run. Because next year I got the Knicks, um, I mean, sorry, the Nets going to the Eastern Conference Finals. I, I, yeah, I think next year is definitely the year for the Nets. That's like, I mean, it's what it's next year is what the Nets sign those contracts for for Durant and, and Kyrie. That's that's what like next year is what it's all about for Brooklyn. They, like they're gonna be they're gonna be very good next year. They're gonna be, there's no doubt about it. They're gonna be very good, very very good. Yeah, I, I agree. And and the Knicks could have had the same situation with Kyrie and KD, but they didn't want to pay KD that year of him, you know, rehabbing his injury, and that's why, you know. Um, the Knicks are where they are today without having you know, the two the two superstars. Yeah, but is that true, or did, or is or or is KD is that true, or or is it just, like I I didn't hear that. I just I just heard that like that the Knicks did offer what the Nets did, but he just chose the Nets. No, um, I heard that he the Knicks didn't really want to pay. Like they offered, but it was like a reservation, you know. Yeah, and so Kevin Durant finally he's just like ah, I'll just go to the Nets or whatever. I know, yeah, it's crazy, man. Cause, but you know what though, like for for New York, I know that like historically the Knicks are the franchise as far as like New York goes, and like the seventies and the nineties, and like you know, like the Knicks were always the team, and and the Nets were in Jersey, and but now like the way the Barclays Center is now, like Brooklyn is a is like a new is a new Manhattan. The way the buildings are all set up down there, so really. Like I know the Knicks are still the Knicks, and the Madison Square Garden is still the mecca, and it's still the place to be. But the the Nets are like Brooklyn is just as big. It's getting just as big as far as like the buildings go and the Barclays. Is, I've been to the Barclays many times now, and and like that's a pretty good facility for basketball. It's not a bad. It's not a bad. It's not a bad place to watch a game. So, but no, uh, it's not. It's not. I think that um. Like you were right, but I still think that um, the media ain't going to travel over to Brooklyn. They're going to stay in Manhattan. So I don't think that they can, you know, attract the same type of, you know, luster that the Knicks have right now unless they win a championship. You know, that will really, you know, take some of the, take some of those 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 Knicks fans away, take some of that that the, um take a lot of eyes, especially from the media off the Knicks and put it onto the Nets. I think the Nets have to win the title. Yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree with that. Um, on another note, switching it up, uh, basically off basketball, but we'll stay on like social media. There's been a lot of debate over the last couple of weeks on like the coronavirus, and like some people think that people are blowing it up too much. Some people think that it's not being blown up enough. Where do you land on that? I land on it as I just want to be safe, you know. So I'm taking it serious. Um, whether you know people saying that you know it's blowing up or not. You know, that's, that's just their opinion. I just want everybody to be safe. And it actually starts with you, you know, first with personal hygiene, you know, just washing your hands and, you know, taking care of, taking care of things. So I've been taking more precautions on, you know, how I, you know, carry myself throughout the day with, like, hand sanitizer and everything and just, you know, limiting touch with people and stuff. So, like, no more high five and give you the fist bump or the shoulder or the elbow bump or whatever, just trying to, you know, 
you know, stay safe because I got four kids. And, um, you know, I know people pass away from the flu and stuff every year, but, you know, it's just in that just coronavirus wants to get you, it got you. And it's, it's, it's rather scary when I think about it until I have kids, you know, and I, and I just want to be around for them. So I'm, I'm taking the steps and precautions on, you know, being safe. Yeah, it's crazy. I have four kids too. So that's something else we have in common is that we were born in 82, only a month apart, and we both have four kids now. <laughs> That's, yeah, and also my mother's birthday is uh, September 30th, too. Wow, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. And, and yours is November 13th, right? Yeah, mine and, and Ron, same day. Wow, that's a, that's one of my best friend's birthday. His birthday is on November 13th, and he was born November 13th, 1982, to be honest. That's crazy. Oh, okay. That's, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, he went <laughs> he went to Malloy. But, like, LaSalle, you guys didn't play. Who, what, what teams did you play in high school in, like, basketball? Oh, I never played a single millisecond at all in high school. I just played AAU pretty much, but I never played full school in high school. Oh, okay, AAU. Okay, you played. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. I never played high school basketball, but I played. I didn't. I never played AAU. I, I was the manager of the basketball team. I played football, but then um, I just played like um, pickup leagues in the neighborhood and stuff like that. So yeah, that's, that's basically what I did too. Like, so <clears throat> I basically played AAU pickup leagues. I played at Basketball City, you know, um, and. Yeah, that's all. Like my, my high school years was uneventful because of grades and being an knucklehead and not listening and stuff. So um, I couldn't play in yeah. high school. Yeah, it was tough because in high school, you, 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 it was also a lot of competition. So it was like, you, you know, they, they like the football team would take anybody that wanted to try out. But like the basketball team, you could only take 12 guys, 10 guys. And like in my high school, at least we had like 200 kids start, like try out for basketball, but they only they only they like only took like 12 kids. So it was really hard to make yeah. the team. Back then, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely hard to make to make a basketball team, and sometimes you know you get you know get caught up in the politics and things, and it's just a, it's just more of a business now than um how, than fun back then. Yeah. Now, what did, what's your thoughts on AAU? Is that is that like a business too? As far as I, I used to hear a lot of things about like AAU being like a lot of money made by like people scouting and like. You know, like like you know, coaches like under the table deals to get players to go to this school or that school. Did you ever see that or not really? Um, I've seen it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I, I played. I, I won't. I won't name who. I won't name the players. But I played with a, a lot of you know top players in AAU. And um, yeah, I've seen you know some you know people take money and stuff and, and, and things. But you know, from from you know, especially coaches taking money to to their kids for certain programs. Yeah, it's out there. But it's even worse now because the, the money is getting the money is getting larger. And, you know, the big sneaker companies are really taking advantage of it, like Nike and everything. And it's just getting, it's getting really insane now. Really? Damn. Yeah. Damn. It's, really insane. It's, it's big money now. And, then um, now they're affecting college assistant coaches and giving them money, you know what I mean? And for promises of, you know, steering the kid towards an agent when they're, when they're done playing basketball in college now. You know, you got the, you know, college coaches, AAU coaches going to jail and stuff. It's, it's, it's a... It's a big thing. It's worth. It needs to revamp the whole entire AAU program because AAU stands for Amateur Athletic Union, and it needs to stay that way as you know, amateur. They need to revamp the program, have stiffer penalties for anybody that's trying to you know take money. Damn, bro. Yeah, no, I I totally agree with that. It's um, I've heard this. And same- having said that, and having said that, I may be against money AAU, but I I think that players also need to get paid to play basketball in college or any type of sport in college. So I'm not against the money when it comes to that. No, I I know I, I'm I'm not like I, where I land on that issue. That's a, and that's a very very difficult issue to talk about because it's hard to get a conclusion of what's right and what's wrong. But like here here's my I'm gonna play devil's advocate on that. 
So like let's say for oh. let's say for example you pay the college basketball kids and you play the college football kids, right? So then how do you yeah. how do you not play the how do you not pay the women's soccer team like that? Like like No, I say everybody gets paid. No, no, everybody gets paid and um you know cuz think about it. What's about to happen with the NCAA tournament during these next couple of weeks? The um they want to they're going to generate like a billion and a half dollars. You know what I mean? They need to take care of these student athletes. Pay all these student athletes. Give them a stipend, you know, to to maintain and stuff. You know, but a lot of these players do come from the inner city, especially with the basketball. They come from the inner city. They don't have nothing, and then they are taking money because they don't have nothing to eat. It's tough, you know. So I'm 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 all for women's soccer, men's soccer, badminton. What sport you play in college, you deserve. To get paid. Yeah, but but would it be a pay scale where like the men's basketball and men's football get paid more than the like? Is it a pay scale? How does it work? Yeah, I, I would say that. I would say yes. Uh, just depending on who brings in the um the most revenue. You know, football or you know, football is going to bring in the most revenue depending on what school you at, as well as basketball depending on what school you at. You know, you go. You know, you play hockey in the Northeast. You know, they generate a lot of revenue. You know, with the Frozen Four or whatever. And, um, you know, it's just a lot of the sports, a lot of these sports, no matter what sports you're playing, the dominant school in that set sport is always going to bring in the most revenue. So it just depends, you know, how they can pay these players and stuff. But they definitely need to, you know, kick back this money because, you know, they're using these players' likeness on college commercials and stuff, and they're getting nothing in return. And then they get mad when players want to leave early and stuff because you're not helping them out. Help them out. Maybe they might want to stay more instead of risking it all and going into the pros. Yeah, but like, all right. So, how about this one? What, what? So, if like, let's say for example, there's there's 52 people on the football team. So, do you play? Do you pay the star running back more than you play the offensive lineman? Like, it gets very convoluted. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it, yeah, it does. And yeah, um, basically, like, if you are a, one of the top, you know, players at your position, yes, you should get paid. It should be a sliding scale. Who gets paid more? Who gets paid less? You know, I think that you know who whoever. I think that people that in that situation would know who's going to deserve to get paid more and get paid less. I mean, that just is what it is. If you're a five-star recruit, you know, you deserve to get five-star recruit type deal money. If you're a three-star, then so on and so on. I, I think that's, that's cool. I agree. It's just, it's just very, it's a very, it's a, it's something that's like above my pay grade as far as like to figure out the logistics of it. And I kind of feel like that's why it hasn't happened yet because there's a lot of red tape to go. Like there's a yeah. lot of, there's a lot of different things that like that logistically we don't even know about, about uh, who gets paid. How do they pay them? What, like what happens to the other kids that go to the school? So it's a very tough, uh, tough issue. Is there, um, is there anything else you want to plug for as far as like, um, before we like wrap this up, like, is, is there anything else you want to plug about anything you got going on right now? Um, I ain't got nothing going on right now. Just, just the podcast, man. You know, I just got the podcast going on, and you know, I'm on Facebook. I have a Facebook group called the Daniel Artest Podcast. That's over two thousand members. You know, and uh, you know, I'm just on Instagram and Twitter at Daniel Artest Pod. And you know, I'm just, I'm just all about this podcast. I got an interview that I'm about to release with um, Clifford Darrow, the super fan for the Los Angeles Clippers and stuff. And um, I just dropped the episode, episode 26 today, just basically talking about the, this weekend of basketball with the Lakers and then talking about, you know, the Nets coaching situation. Also, um, giving my opinion on Draymond Green versus Charles Barkley. So that podcast is out right now. And I got another podcast I'm doing after this one with uh, one of my friends. We just do a lot of comparison stuff with basketball 
And um, this has been a very unscripted type of podcast, which is really fun. And, you know, that's, that's what I'm doing. I'm just all about, you know, pushing this podcast and getting this content out and, um, and learning how to become a better podcaster. Yeah, same here. Now, now I noticed you use Anchor. Is that like is that solely what you use the Anchor app, or do you use other stuff, or just the Anchor app? I use Anchor for the hosting because it's easier for me to do it. Like, like on a call in, I can just like you know, like I got your number. I can act easily just get on Anchor and then just um you know type in your number and send an link, and it just automatically as soon as you you do what you do to get on, it automatically syncs up, and then we just start the conversation like that. You know, um, I'm learning how to do other things as well, like how to use GarageBand as a podcast. Like, I don't use no equipment, so I just have my speakerphone, and I can pretty much use my voice um, to change the pitch of how I'm doing with this podcast. And I just go in my closet, and then I podcast like that. But I'm working on getting, you know, different podcast equipment, so that's why I put um, a support link out there so people can, you know, donate money um, per month or whatever to, to the show so I can get the proper tools that I need because this is all like this is all you know self-made this is all all, all, all all me doing this right now and it's fun it's fun it's challenging you know coming up with show ideas and then doing the show notes and stuff I'm, I'm having a good time podcasting yeah me too it, it is a lot of fun but like when you talk about that what you said about that 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 link where you could send like a dollar five dollars ten dollars a month isn't like is that can that be done through anchor or do you have to go through another site oh no that's done through anchor Oh, okay. Okay. So you, yeah, you go. You can go to um anchor. It's like you go to anchor fm slash Daniel Artes Pod, and then like my page will come up, and then it'll be like support, and then you you can do what you do, or oh, whatever yeah. you know. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's um that's because I'm in the same exact boat as you, man. Same exact thing. I'm trying to get this off the ground, and like the equipment part of it is like cost money and stuff, and like I'm gonna need sponsors as I go along here to continue to do what I do. So it's like I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna need the same thing. I'm gonna need people to help me out. So I'm doing the same exact thing as you do. So I, I real recognize real, bro. I, I I recognize what you're doing, man. That's why that's why I reached out to you because I I see you doing your thing, man. I see it. It was so funny when you reached out to me because you were talking to me like you knew me for like five years, and I'm thinking I'm looking at I'm looking at the phone like yo, who is this guy talking to me like he just told me. <laughs> so and then when you were talking about the podcast, I was like, all right, that's cool, man. You know, I'm willing to connect with anybody that has a podcast. I just want to talk, and you know. You know, we can we we're all one family, man. You know, podcasts is a it's a it's a thriving business. It's like you know, it's a billion dollar business, and I I think that we deserve our our piece of the pie, man. You know. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. It's so it's so cool because I think that like uh, it's great that as you said, me and you never talked before. We've never spoke, and like you know, like yeah. like, like that. This was really easy just to talk to you. You know, real easy. Yeah. Of course, this is this is because we're both, like you said, we're on the same team pretty much. Even though we have different podcasts, we're not in competition with, any, with anybody. You know, like my goal, my biggest goal on, on podcasts right now is just to get on the Joe Rogan show. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's the same here. I, I that's where I got my inspiration from, man. That's that's where I want. That's where I, I got the idea to do my own podcast through listening to Joe Rogan. Same thing. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? Wow, wow, wow. So I got my podcast inspiration from listening to my friends. I got friends with podcasts. I got. Uh, my, my friend Andrew Salop, he's from New York. We went to Westchester Community College together. And um, he got a, um, it's called Combos Court. That's his podcast. And he, he's up to like 144 episodes right now or something. Like he's really good at, at um, getting interviews with the top people in the sports industry. You know, and then um, I also listen to uh, Off the Glass podcast uh, with one of my old um, professional teammates named Zach Ramey. And um, he also, he talks basketball, he talks mental health. 
like, yeah, I have all real, um, well-rounded podcasts. Me, I just talk NBA. I do a little bit of talking, like, out, like as far as, like, trying to, you know, help, you know, other basketball players trying to come up. I'm trying to branch over to that side of the basketball podcasting and stuff. So um, I'm just, you know, working on it, getting better. I see the improvement from episode one to episode 27, and uh, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, man, and and I want to I want to thank you again for coming on the show because like not 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 only do I want to thank you, but I want to I want to tell you to keep doing your thing because I I could tell just by talking to you tonight that you you have what it takes to be a great podcaster. You do, you do, you have a great. Man, I, I really and now, could you do me one favor in return? Can you can you when I when I edit this audio again, I'm going to send you the link. I'll text it to you. Can you share this on your social media for me? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, definitely. And I, I would love to put it on my podcast to have as well too. So yeah, we're definitely we will. I will share it in my in my Facebook group because I have a lot of people. I get a lot of hits from my Facebook group, so it's definitely going in there, it's going everywhere. Yeah, man, and I'll do the same on all my platforms as well, man. I will, I will. Yeah, definitely. All right, Daniel, I'm gonna wrap this up. I'm gonna play my outro song, and then um, and then basically you could you could hang up in a minute, but uh, I'll text you in a couple minutes when I edit this audio and I send it over to you. All right, thank you, man. All right, thank you so much for coming on the show. All right, thank you very much, man. You have a great day. You have a great day, too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.